The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, a Hamilton edition with host Rick Zamperin. And we have a special guest today with us, Brian Hogman from Mission 35 Mortgages. How's it going, Rick? What's happening out there? Hey, how are you? This is, uh, yeah, this is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, 900 CHML. And uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of taking over here, introducing everyone, kind of stealing my thunder, but that's okay. We'll let, we'll let it slide for a week. Uh, yeah, doing fantastic. And uh, I know you guys are doing too in this uh, wild and wacky real estate market that we are in. If you want to get your home sold, you got to go online to robgolfie.com. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. They're all over social media. You can't miss them. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And for an instant home estimate, go to golfiehomevalue.com. Click in all the digits that you need to and uh, get a better idea of what your home could be worth on the open market. Uh, Rob mentioned Brian as well. Brian Hogman is with Mission 35 Mortgages. You can find them online, mission35mortgages.com. Yeah, I've had a great week. I understand you guys have had a great week as well. Yeah, we were away in Atlanta on training session. It was good. We've got 17 uh, members from our team were there. It was really good. It, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, it is good to get out. And and we did some team building also, you know, uh, got everybody, uh, you know, together. We went out for some uh, 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 dinners and, and, you know, had some fun at some uh, clubs. You know, the one thing I got to tell you, though, this is a, a decision that I think – why is it that the only time I have a Big Mac is after a night of drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I make those decisions of having a, a hamburger and fries late at night after I've been out with, uh, you know, uh, people and it's not a good decision. Have you been that in that situation? Oh, yes. Many a time I've yeah. been in that. Uh, so, yeah. Totally. So and it just seems like a great decision yeah. at the time. It seems <laughs> like it's doing so much good. For me I think the, the, yeah. the clubs and uh, McDonald's or other hamburger places, they uh, have something going on. And it's just like the Tim Hortons <laughs> well, coffee. They're readily available and they're open. That's right. That's right. But anyway, listen, this is the uh, Halloween weekend, right? A lot of parties, adult parties yes. uh, are happening. Like I met like, like uh, grown-up parties, not adult parties. <laughs> just in case anybody took that wrong the wrong way. I just want <laughs> So anyway, so I just want to say one thing, uh, Rick. What's the scariest movie that you've seen? So the the movie that freaked me out the most, it may not have been the scariest, but it has stayed with me for years. It was, <laughs> oh, I think I it, it was The Ring. Do you remember the girl in The oh, Ring? Oh, yeah. Coming out of the terrifying. TV. I, yes. I, I, you know what? Yeah. I had to... I, in my job, I wake up very early in the morning. For the first week or so, I actually dragged my wife into the basement because I would go downstairs to have a shower. I did not want to be alone at all for fear that this woman would come out of the TV. I, I saw you know that. What, that is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that. Okay? Oh, yeah. Like, I can relate because uh, the, the scariest one that I saw was The Exorcism of Emily Rose Ooh, back yeah. in the day. And uh, I had just moved into my house, and I was so terrified when I came home. I actually went to sleep at my parents' house. <laughs> that night. And I just got, and my mom and dad looked at me like I had six heads. They said, "What are you doing here?" I'm like, oh, "I just missed you guys. Just missed you guys. Want to sleep in my own bed again?" Oh, that's crazy. Well, my serious movie uh, was that. 
I remember seeing Halloween and it was on at our high school and it was like a movie night they were doing. And I think it was close to Halloween. It was in October sometime. And uh, so they had the cafeteria set up with a big screen and, and everybody would come at night. It was Thursday night, I think. And, you know, sleeping bag and, and I wish they still did but, that. But yeah. it, it wasn't yeah. sleep where you just kind of lay down, lay down. That I think it was great. I think we should do it here with the golfing team. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, so I was kind of seeing this one girl and uh, we were... So we, we kind of sat together and watching the movie uh, Halloween, and I was so scared. I was clinging onto her like I couldn't believe it. I was saying, Mommy, Mommy. <laughs> she said, what a man. She what goes, a man. So, but we did, we, that relationship went way down quickly right after that movie because I think she was looking for I think she was looking for a man to hang out with, not a little boy. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you something. That was um, – I'll never forget that was a scary. I think I want to. I want to see if I can handle that movie again. But uh, like, I want. I'm, I'm gonna. I I'm gonna play it because I did rewatch Halloween not too long ago. How was it? Was it it's easier? Not that scary. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> well, when you look at it now, like just because of how cinematography. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh that, yeah. The, the, yeah. The technology's you know, way. Yeah. Uh, technology's yeah. Uh, crazy. But you know what? I know it's 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 a um, a great to see those scary. I'm not a person that will go out and watch scary movies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if there's a group of us that I can actually you know hang on to and they stay for a while after the movie, yeah, that's like me. I need to have a sleepover. You know? <laughs> yes, like, yes, I need to have a sleepover. If I'm watching <laughs> but anyway, back to real estate. Mm-hmm. So I, I just want to mention something. So um, what we're finding a lot, and I'm gonna have a uh, we're gonna talk to my team about this. That if any agents out of town come uh, to show the house or to do a home inspection or to do final walkthroughs, we got to make sure these out of town agents are there present. A lot of them are just given the lock boxes uh, to the client and they are showing up without their agent. And the, like this is a no no in the real estate industry. And Rico will find them and 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 prosecute these guys. And it's happening a lot. So what I'm gonna and, put in is that if, if an out-of-town agent brings in an offer, we got to double make sure that they're present and make making sure that they're going to be there and indicate that if they're not, we will file a complaint against them. And and, and if it happens more than once to these guys, they can lose their license. But, yeah. but you, know, you know what it is, Rick? These Toronto agents, and I'm not just, you know, I'm not saying everybody. There's bad apples everywhere. It could be local agents from Hamilton, Halt, Niagara, or, or even Brantford area. If they they shouldn't be selling houses outside the area that they don't, they're not willing to drive to mm-hmm. five times, 10 times a week. If they, you know what I mean? Like do it. Like, you know what I mean? You take an oath, you, you know, you want to represent your client uh, to the fullest, just like you, you and I were talking before, Brian, you, yeah. you were saying like, if I have a real estate agent, I want them to be there. They're my confidant. They're my sidekick. They're my, you know, my guru getting me through the process. And for three hours when I find out everything's going wrong with the house, I would, I would want them there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's been happening. It hap- it, it's been happening a lot. And, and these agents, they're, they're, they're looking at it like it's nothing. Like it's not a big deal. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I will never let anybody uh, that I'm representing show up anywhere and I tell them, if you get there early and let's say there's another showing happening, please wait, wait there till I get there. I do not want them not be me being with them through the whole process. So anyway, so that's one, one little tip that I, I think. So if you're an, a realtor and, and you're always there for your client, fantastic. Thumbs up to you. You're the, you're awesome realtor. That's great. And if you're that realtor that doesn't do that, Okay, buddy. Let's meet in the alleyway. <laughs> Start doing it. Yeah. Start doing it. Start doing it. Stop. That's right. That's right. So another 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 thing that uh, that happened was 
uh, it was the first time in a long time where I had a, uh, a seller wanted out of a deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, for whatever circumstance, financial situation um, that they were put into, um, it, they asked me, Rob, uh, do you think the buyers uh, will, can they walk away from the deal? Now, now it, it was conditional still. We just did the deal. Right. And then 24 hours later, he's calling me and saying, hey, I, I don't think I, he can do this deal because he talked to his mortgage person or whatever, and something financially doesn't work for him. So I called the agent up. And and it just so happens the agent is the buyer. Oh. And I said to him, I go, and I, and I, I was being truthful for him, with him. And I said, listen, you know, the guy that sold the house, I think um, it's not going to work out the way he thought it would work out. And is there any way that, uh, that you would change your mind in buying this house? And he goes, no, not right. Uh, Rob, no, not right now. I think we want to go through with this house. And I'm like, oh, boy. So anyway, so there was a home inspection scheduled the next day. And, um, so I figured, well, it's gotta be a real bad home inspection for him to walk away <laughs> or, or if there is any little thing happening, put the hose in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Why is there water in the middle of the floor and there's no path? Of, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no water stains leading yeah. to that. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but there was, uh, so the next day he does his home inspection. Um, now that guy is going to want the house more now because yeah. yeah like, I mean, so basically yeah. the best way to have a home inspection go through a hundred percent is tell that, tell that buyer, do you want out of the deal? My seller wants out of the deal. So the home inspection will always go through. Yeah. <laughs> Even if there's issues, he's still going to firm up. But anyway, I felt sorry for the guy. And um, so uh, it, it, it's sad and, and, it, and it, the contract's bulletproof. There's no mistakes made on it. Cause mm. the, the agent that was buying it, he knew what he was doing. I knew what I was doing. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a solid contract. There's no mistakes on this. So yeah, yeah he's, uh, so my seller has, has to, uh, follow the, he has to go through the protocol and I don't know what, you know, I feel bad. Sometimes people make mistakes and I get it and I feel sorry for them. I wanted, I tried to get this guy out of the deal, but the guy's not letting them out. So, so they fell in love with the house. Right. So they're all excited and I don't want to take that away from him either. So I don't know. It's like, uh, Rick, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I was going to say, is there, is there a time frame for sober second thoughts on the seller's part? I don't think so. No. And no. I know there, remember we were talking about this for the buyer, yeah, they, like yeah. they, they'd have a five day grace period. Cooling off period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cause the buyers are always getting out, but I think it, it's cause with the seller, right? You're meeting, you're listing the house, yeah, you're yes. advertising the house, you're showing the house. So it's kind of like, yeah. there is all that you know, lead up to selling it that you, yeah. that you think someone's yeah. made and committed to the decision. The, the intent is there. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. the intent is there because there was a lot of preparation happening. It wasn't like a decision made. You walk through the house, you got to make a decision in an hour to make an offer or not. It, yeah. It's not like that. But yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it, this is the second time it's happened to me in all the years where the seller want, wanted out. I'm mm-hmm. sure we, there was, there's been others, but the uh, ones that I dealt with and uh, the one was, uh, I'll do it quickly. I know we're running short, but uh, it was, oh, this had to be about 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I, you know what? Now I could say 20 years ago. This month, 25 years in the business. This wow, month. Nice. Yeah, I can't believe it. Wow. I, I got my license. I got my license 25 years ago this month. Wow. Crazy. I can't believe I can say that. <laughs> I've never in my I'm 20s. Flying. I yeah. know. In my 20s, I couldn't say I was doing anything more than a week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to run here. When my we. Uh, wait, mate. 
I was going to say, when we come oh, back, we'll, 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 uh, we'll get to uh, Rob's continuous story here, but we've got to take our first break. Uh, if you want to sell your home or you're in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905-575-7700. Online, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. We'll also talk about rising interest rates and how that is going to affect homeowners and home buyers and home sellers. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Sanford here with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfie team, and Brian Hogden from Mission 35 Mortgages. You can check him out online, mission35mortgages.com. If you want to sell your home for top dollar in this topsy-turvy market, you got to go online, robgolfie.com, rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. If you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfie team that you would like answered on this program, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. All right, another interest rate hike from the Bank of Canada earlier this week. Ah, Everyone take a breath. More pain probably on the way coming in December as well. What do you guys make of the situation that we're in right now with rising interest rates? Yeah, it's, it's not amazing, that's for sure. But I think <laughs> uh, people have been people have been expecting it. I think, you know what, the, the saving grace, I think, is the market time. The market thought there was going to be a 0.75% increase this week. It turned out to be a 0.5% increase. So, um, you know, and poor tip, you know what, no matter what he does, that guy's going to get ridiculed. Too much, too little, too little, too much. Um, you know, personally, I think going up a half a point is, is good right now. I think it's better than the 0.75 because, you know, people's mortgage payments, um, they've gone up a lot, right? So if you're sitting in a variable rate mortgage right now and it was either 500 or 700,000, your payment's gone up anywhere from a thousand to maybe up to 1400 bucks on a monthly basis. And, you know, the whole idea of rising interest rates is to cool the inflation. Well, guess what? A lot of people are going to have, even with people who had fixed rate mortgages right now who are coming up for renewal, they're going to have less money in their pocket. If you got less money in your pocket, it means you're spending less, right? So these things do take time. So um, I know the market is saying we'll probably see a couple more increases. We got the Bank of Canada meeting again December 7th, maybe another quarter point at that time. But then maybe in the new year, we, we you know, Christmas spending, Christmas things happen, maybe no more, no, no more keg dinners. You got to go to Swiss Chalet now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Swiss Chalet, Swiss Chalet is going to be busy. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, so I'm a certified mortgage nerd. I love looking at this stuff. And when you look at the difference in payments right now, it's starting to have a major effect on people's finances now. Unsecured credit cards are at are getting back up to higher balances now. 
Coming out of COVID, we had historically low unsecured credit card balances, right? Because everybody, you know, was not spending money yeah. as much, right? So now what ends up happening when your payments go up, typically you still live your life the same way, but then you put a little bit more in your credit card. Uh, right, yeah. so everybody still is going to make their mortgage, and they're not buying as much, right? They're not going, maybe not going out a little more, and they're not buying the extra, you know, suit, jacket, or clothes. I, I, I think, think that's going to come now. Like, yeah, I think that's kind yeah. of like now. Yeah. I think you know, leading up to it, it took a little bit of time, but now I think it's like you know, people in these variable rate mortgages had their finger on the pulse. Now people are starting to say, hey, I'm in a fixed rate. My mortgage is coming up for renewal in six to twelve months. I should maybe look at this now. You know, we're getting people now, which which I'm ecstatic about. I had one lady call me this morning to say, my mortgage is coming due the middle of 2024. You know, what should I do? That's great. I'm so glad that you're thinking about that now because you're sitting at a two and a half or three percent rate that's locked in. Hallelujah! Yeah. You paid down a ton of principal, so oh, that's huge. that's great. And you, and you're not going to lose your home. It's not going to be a terrible thing, but it's good to start thinking about your payments and budgeting now. Well, I can ask you a question. What was the interest rate in 2018 and 19? Can you remember that? Yeah, I think we would have been so cute. Like it was still good. I mean, we would have been in the threes. I think we would have been three and a half to four. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, it, it was. I mean, obviously, it was a lot better even then than it is now. And that was below average too, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I, and I think too, we talked about this earlier too. People's perception of interest rates uh, has a short memory. Right? Yeah. Because and a lot of people that are getting into the housing market now, they've been in the housing market for five, seven, eight years. You know, yeah. we have so much information available to us right now that I think a lot of people haven't looked back 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. You know, when you, when you and I go back, you know, we talked about 2001 when I bought Tuck Street. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Our, our we own a house. Yeah, that's right. We <laughs> bought the same house. You bought it later than uh, years later after I did. Yeah. yeah. And that was six, seven, five, six yeah. point seven five percent for a five year fixed rate. And my only conversation at the time to myself, young guy, other than wanting to get out of my parents' basement is can I afford the payment? Yeah. Right. And I think it's really got to come back to that conversation. Can I afford the payment? Right. Like you're looking to buy. What are the payments? If you're going, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, how do I afford the payments? Maybe I take a longer amortization again. You know, we're seeing a lot of people right now who are maybe paying off their mortgage after 22 years, 20 years, like bringing that amortization uh-huh. down. They'll bring it back up to 25 or 30, make that payment lower to get over the hump. You know, I'm, I'm going to say one thing. Brian was born at the right time. He missed the 90s recession. I, you know, as because you were probably in, uh, I don't like it. Well, I was 79, so in the 90s recession, I was playing Sega. Not yes. Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah. Not so, like the good Sega, so, like so, the original 1987 Sega Master. Uh, so the yeah. highest interest rate I saw that I actually was paying on was, uh, it was probably about 12, 13 percent in, uh, in the early 90s. Now, you didn't ever see that. You were like, what's your highest interest rate? Six and a half, seven percent? Yeah, almost? six, seven, five. Yeah. Well, I so. have taken some sub <laughs> I have taken some because I've had to. Yeah, time, yeah. Average, but yeah. No, no, but, but what, it, what, what I'm saying is that um, like, because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not that much older than you. No. <laughs> no. But anyway, Dave. But, but Rick saying that, like he kind of missed like a time, two times, like, like people that I talked that are 10, 15 years older than, than I am, they went yeah. through the 1980 recession at 1920 percent interest rate now that that was insane so as but but your turn may come still (laughs) yeah you know what we could be like my my crystal ball is uh not perfect but i don't think we'll ever see those numbers i don't think so because we're a lot smarter now as Mm -hmm. uh, a government 
and worldwide. And but I do think that. Um, but but it's not scaring me. Like the interest rates aren't scaring me. I don't think they're scaring you. Well, no, I just uh, we talked. This. I just purchased another investment property. I bought one right now. I think, and I think you go back to the fundamentals. I sold one that yeah. was non-performing. Purchased one that was a bit more performing. And it comes back to the basics. If the you know if you're an investor, does the revenue exceed the expenses? And and do you want to lock in for a two year, three or four year term? Like, do you have a buffer zone there? Just like we said before, if you're a first time buyer, repeat buyer, can I afford the payment? Those fundamentals yeah, are, are still there. Here, here's the difference so. in this equation, though, Brian. When you had that six point seven five mortgage rate, what year was that? That was in two thousand and two. Okay, so ago. your house is probably what one fifty, one eighty, two hundred thousand max. One hundred and sixty five thousand. But I will say too, you know. My income at the time was, was about twenty nine thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. I bought that same house for eighty five thousand. Okay, uh, <laughs> how many years earlier? <laughs> but yeah, I, I I see it like you know what, and I bought that house on an income under thirty thousand dollars, right? I think you know, uh, I think you know, a lot of people can't buy things on a single income today. Yeah, you need the double yeah. income yeah. right now, but yeah. incomes are exponentially higher, I believe as well. Yeah, too. oh, big time, yeah. Um, and then the also too, I ended up buying that uh, as a as an investment property. So I lived in half brick and then rented out half, mm-hmm. right? Which I still think is for someone to get into the market today, it's definitely harder, definitely more expensive, right? Yeah. But I think um, the house is Canadians' number one source of saving investment yeah. wealth, yeah. right? Yeah. And and I I like I like that because it's a forced savings plan. It's so like if I put my money in a savings account, if I have too many drinks, I can go to an ATM and take it out. Yeah. Right. Exactly. If I put money into a stock market or mutual fund, I may have to wait a day. I got to call my banker and take it out. Mm -hmm. By me forcing myself to pay down equity in a house, it is probably the best savings plan. I think that's why Canadians have most of their equity in there. So that's why I still am a strong believer that it's, uh, it may be a a lot tougher now. Well, most, most wealth is created by real estate anyway. So, right. Yeah, and th- and that was my point with the the uh, you know the average price of a home back then compared to now. It's tougher to get in to get that down payment to get in. Yeah, you're most people are still relying on the bank of mom and dad if they're if they're of age to do so. Uh, and you know they're staring at a rate that's somewhat similar to six seven five. We're not there yet for most fixed or variables, and you would know more than I. But that that that's a big hit uh, per month, obviously. Yeah, and it's a lot harder to qualify too, Rick, mm-hmm. especially with the stress test, right? Because the stress test now, you're looking at qualifying like if you, you're looking at qualifying at almost 8% in some cases yeah, now. Yeah. Like the rate may be, you know, five and a half or five, depending on a variable or a fix, but you might, you might be qualifying anywhere from seven, seven and a half to 8%. You know, we, and we didn't have that back then. So it is, you know, the, the good thing about that is I think our mortgage market's pretty insulated because you, you had the stress test has been in effect for a long time now. And it actually, I think it achieved its desired outcome. So, but it is definitely, definitely hard to get into today, without a doubt. Um, well, we're, we're going to have uh, another rate hike announcement, or at least anticipated one, in December. Is, is there any word on the street or what kind of increase we're looking at? Yeah, the, the consensus was before the hike uh, this week was 0.75% by the end of the year. Right. So some people were saying 0.75 and zero. Some people were saying 0.5 and a quarter. Um, so I think that we're still on the, you know, and this stuff changes daily. Like the goalposts keep getting moved. I don't think I've ever been more wrong in predictions in my entire life than <laughs> in the past like six, eight months on this. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. But I, I think the market is pricing in another quarter point for December. Uh, and there may even be like the market's even looking at potentially another half a point in the first quarter of 
2023 as well too. So, but I think information moves so quick today. We were yeah. talking about yeah. this sooner. Like we live in a lightning fast economy. Rates went up lightning fast. Um, could things come down quicker? Maybe. Right? Could things change? I think as information changes, so does. Uh, tip and the Bank of Canada's policy on what they're going to do with it. Mm. So you probably know where I'm going with my, my next question. If someone, and I know everyone's different, but if someone's in a variable rate mortgage, obviously depends on, you know, whether they're at the later stages of, you know, that, that uh, five or whatever your plan they're on, should they lock in now or should they just weather the storm for a little bit longer? That's a great question. A Th- thank you for asking that, Rick. Yeah. I really it's an unanswerable that. question, I know. <laughs> well, well, no, it's uh, no, and it's a good one, and that's fair. And I think what we've really broken it down to is, is payment and risk tolerance and budget. So we end up asking people, people ask me that and say, hey, listen, are you looking at moving anytime soon? Yes or no? Are you looking at adding any money to your mortgage? Yes or no? Do you have major expenses or do you have major debt? Yes or no? Because a lot of those things will drive the question as to whether you need a new mortgage or not. So... If all things considered, people are pretty happy with where they are, I'll, we'll drive it down to payment. Where's your payment right now? Is your payment at the top end of your budget? And can you afford any more increases? If the answer is no, then you should lock in. You should lock into a one-year, two-year, three-year. If you're right at your threshold and you can't, you can't take any more increases, then you need to have security in your life. If you're not at the top end of your budget um, and, you're, and you are sleeping at night, because <laughs> I do believe in what's called sleep insurance, like, it, you know, having a house, you should not lay awake all night long worrying about whether or not you can afford it. Mm-hmm. But if you have some risk tolerance there, then yeah, I would end up saying that you have the opportunity to take that risk because the oppor- any time that interest rates have gone up as quick as they have, within six, eight, 12 months, you see them go down again. There's always an adjustment. So um, I think it really based on your affordability, where you are in your budget, and um, how much risk you can have uh, that doesn't keep you, keep you awake at night. Yeah. All right. So from that question to the next one, and that uh, revolves around the R word. Uh, the recession is looming. It uh, is, uh, as many experts are predicting, bound to hit us at some point. And some are suggesting next year is probably going to be the year. What kind of impact is this going to have? Uh, I. It's hard to tell. I, I think you know what? When we went through the 2009 recession, that was only like, like six to nine months, eight months. And um, we did see houses take a little longer to sell, but people were still buying. Not as, not as you know, like there, I didn't see people, you know, sitting on the fence. People that were looking to buy houses were still buying a house. People had jobs. I, I don't remember, uh, remember seeing a lot of people laid off at that time. I remember a lot of the builders that had uh, like houses on spec, like they built and they were selling, they were going to realtors instead of having, uh, and instead of them selling themselves, they went to realtors trying to unload them because they had a lot of inventory uh, and a lot of the money with it. They wanted to get that back. So they went to realtors to, to get uh, those sold. Um, I, I, I think it'll be in and out quick, but it could be, um, it could be, off, it could be harsh right out the gate and then boom, it'll settle fast. Like, 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 like Ryan was saying, uh, we are so we have information so fast. And uh, years ago, recession, recessions used to happen every seven to ten years. Now they're happening every ten to fifteen years. So, so it's taking longer to have a recession, but um, um, but but the, uh, taking year, years longer. But when the recession happens, they're they're in and out quick because the market adjusts itself fast because 
of, of technology today. We have uh, information so quick. So, so things will, will recover really quick. So if there is one coming uh, at the end of this year, well, we are at the end of this year, but if it does happen, I think it's going to happen in, in probably February, March. And then it'll and we'll be done by it by probably September, and then it'll be back to normal. Because uh, I usually found if you look at recessions in the past, they always happen in the fall or in the spring. They never happen in the middle of summer. Summer is a good time, and uh, that you know what I mean. Like so, those are the those are the kind of times yeah. that they happen. So I mean, if you look at the history, um, you'll you'll see spring and fall, spring and fall. That, that's when they happen. So um, I think we'll be in and out. Uh, within six to eight months, and then that's it. And I like that. I think I think it's going to really depend on what the Bank of Canada says. Yeah. I think if they if inflation doesn't go down very much in December, and they take a more aggressive stance on rates, it'll be a quicker, deeper yeah. maybe yeah. recession. Yeah. But if you know those numbers are cooling at a pace that TIFF is happy with, um, and they kind of are a little bit lighter on rates than it, then it may be a little bit of a softer landing. So I think uh, it'll, time will tell. Yeah, we shall see. We'll talk a little more about recession and also uh, Ontario's new housing legislation. What does it actually mean? And uh, towards the end of the show, really fascinating topic about Muslim Canadians and how they go about securing mortgages. That and more coming up here on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax, Siskartman Realty, the Golfy team. Check out their website at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. Call the Golfy team today, the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell 1,000 homes in a year, 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. And follow the Golfy team on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as well. Our special guest today, Brian Hogman from Mission 35 Mortgages. Check out their website at mission35mortgages.com. Well, earlier this week, the provincial government outlined new or or at least I guess a tweaked housing legislation that includes a few different things. Uh, Rob, Brian, how do you want to tackle this and what do you want to focus on here? Well, there's there's a lot of pluses and there's you know some negatives uh, on this, and I think Doug Ford knows that uh, we're in a major crisis, and and he's a, a, a like a take action type guy, like he's he's a business person, right? He's he's saying, listen, we got to do something because we we got problems, you know, we got interest rates rising, and people are slowing down and buying houses, so that's not and and they're not building any more new houses, and we have a shortage of homes. So basically, and you know, he's putting in that uh, people can uh, duplex their house and, yeah. and and bypass you know the municipal levels and just like, let's just get going. Let's get we got to get housing out there and uh, and get things going because otherwise, it, like it, it's like a buildup. It's like a buildup uh, of water building up in a dam and, and and like let's say let's say 
like you know, and then and if there's so much pressure that it's going to explode. Well, we're we're going we're getting there. He sees yeah. it, and he's he sees it. This guy's as a businessman, so I think we have to do something. It's no different than uh, there's duplexes and triplexes in inner cities, like downtown, like downtown Hamilton. There's a lot of them, and you know what? And there are parking. Everybody parks on the street. There's only you know maybe one car in the driveway. That's all you can fit, and then you got you know ten cars on the street for every household. But I mean, we managed it. I mean, we managed snow plowing. We managed, you know, garbage removal. We managed everything. So, I think it, it is a good thing. And Brian and I were talking about this morning. Brian was saying that this is perfect uh, for people to afford uh, first-time buyers. It brings even new uh, one-time investors yeah. to come in. It yeah. makes it easier to afford as well, too, Rick. Like I, uh, I look at it always as a first-time investor. We we were talking last segment about. Uh, how hard it is to get into the market. If you have legal duplexes and triplexes, more lenders will realize the income to help that first-time buyer get approved. So, and some lenders will uh, will recognize the granny suite, the in-law suite, the secondary unit. Some won't. So, I think if you have more duplexes and triplexes available, it does allow that first-time home buyer to say, "Hey, uh, if I have fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars worth of rental income." I can get an extra $150,000 in mortgage or $200,000. That might be the difference to get me in there. And and I like this plan. You know, uh, hopefully it doesn't get blocked too much by municipalities. You're yeah. talking about that before, yeah. but I think the the reality is is I think the the Canadian investor is very resourceful, right? And if if you look at Canadian investors, the mom and pop investor, the people that got maybe three, yeah. four, five rental properties, they would look at this and say, "Holy moly, prices are down." Opportunity. Could, yeah, opportunity. I, yeah. I could buy a single family now and turn it into a legal duplex or a legal triplex. Um, will that solve 1.5 million? Probably not, but I think it's, I think it might actually make a dent. Yeah. Here's the question though. And here's, here's where we related back to the recession. Can a recession derail this housing plan? I think it may slow it down but the uh the, the cash rich guy that's got money he's going to be all over this and do and he's going to jump in and 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 just start duplexing houses i agree i think yeah. i think there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines for the recession or for yeah. the bottom so there's lots of people that have funds that are you know waiting for something like this yeah. and this could be um you know again i've i'm been accused of being an optimistic guy from time to time <laughs> but i believe that it could be almost like a perfect storm if you have something like this Investors on the sideline, they could be like, wow, this is my opportunity now to buy that house, get good cash flow, uh, and invest in real estate again. All the moons are lining up for uh, uh, either young, new investors coming into the marketplace uh, with this opportunity, yeah. duplexing, and, you know, and, like, this is like, this is like a new guy coming, is- a new guy coming, he's saying, listen, I want to buy real estate, I want to, you know, build my wealth and, 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 and become a wealthy person. And not only are you allowed to duplex, but you're allowed to, now there's a recession, housing prices are adjusting yeah. itself. Like, like, like I said, the moons are all lining up. And, and duplexing or triplexing something I know as a young investor was terrifying. I, yeah. I got to go to the city of adjustments. Oh, I got to do yeah. this. I got to do that. I'm like, and everybody I talked to, like, oh, Brian, you don't want to do that. Like it was, yeah. it, it oh, would I be know. like getting an MBA. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like trying to oh, yeah, own they, a property. Yeah. So they, you'd remove that. Now, you know. You know, young, dumb Brian would have been able to do this. Yeah. (laughs) And that's one of the big keys is the speed at which you can convert your property. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you can't right now. Like, even to this day, I'm 
I'm not an expert on that process by any means. No, I mean, like, I, I, I wouldn't be able to navigate someone through that. Well, you have a garbage, uh, what do you call it, a bin in front of your house. You get shut down, even if you're just throwing garbage out. Sure. I mean, hey, what are you doing here? Like, you get <laughs> shut down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in Hamilton, like, it's like, like, and they watch that, especially in the, they count uh, the mailboxes. Yeah, they count they count, the mailbox. Yeah, how many doorbells, too? Yeah. <laughs> There's exactly. When we come back, we're going to talk about Muslim Canadians who want uh, Canadian banks to offer Islamic financial services. We'll explain when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Go around here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin alongside Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. 905-575-7700 to contact the Golfy team to get your home sold. You can also go online to robgolfy.com. That's Rob G-O-L-F-I.com. Our special guest today, Brian Hogman of Mission 35 Mortgages. Their website, mission35mortgages.com. Really interesting story about Muslim Canadians, I had no idea that according to their uh, Islamic religious law, it prohibits interest rate charges on, on, on things like mortgages. So they're having to go to other financial institutions who deal specifically with this. Uh, Brian, this is, this is your game. They're calling for more Canadian banks to offer Islamic financial services so they can you know, participate in that process. W- what do you make of this story? I, I, I'm similar to you, Rick. I found this quite fascinating because I was a little bit in the dark about how that worked as well, too, mm-hmm. for being honest about it. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity, right? Because uh, in the Muslim culture, they don't want uh, the, it prohibits them from paying interest in the, in, right. the, in their religion, right? In yes. the religion, in yeah. their religion, yeah. It, 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 so, but you were mentioning something. Um, I guess what were you mentioning, Brian? Before? Oh, I was just saying, like, like, uh, like. There was a, like, we deal a lot with the Filipino community as well, too. And they have, you, they have a, something called a palawagam. Me and Rob were talking about it. I thought it was so interesting where people in a community, 10 of them together, will get together and save $200 a month. They'll each put it into the kitty kind of thing. And then when it's someone's person to buy a house, they get to take it out, right? It's a great community way of sharing interest-free yeah. as well, too, and supporting each other. Um, but with this, I, I don't... I think it's an amazing opportunity for Canadian banks, but Canadian banks are, uh, they're amazing, uh, but they're like, I, I equate them to like a big battleship. If they're going to change direction and, ch- and develop a new product, it takes a long time for it to sort of steer in another direction. It's mm-hmm. not like they're in a, a speedboat or a dinghy where they can say, oh, let's go to the left. Okay, let's go do that, right? So, But you, you were mentioning, Brian, um, that the way it would work. So let's say that they purchased a house for, let's say, $800,000. Yeah. So they can't pay interest on that, but but the, but the, but what they pay back, let's say it's, it's two million dollars. Yeah. And so so basically, the purchase price 
becomes two million for the bank right. versus eight hundred from the realtor right. and say, okay, you got two million dollars to pay and and this is what you need to do minimum every month to pay and and that's it. So basically, they're getting a fed interest rate for the next 20 years or 25 yeah, years. Like, so that's a tough one. It'd be like, and it's hard to price, right? Because, yeah. you know, if you have interest rate anomalies like we're in right yeah. now, where you got peaks and valleys, how do you price that in? And I think that's probably one of the reasons why not a lot of people are jumping at it because you got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pricing risk built yeah. into a product yeah. like that. So there is a company that's saying that they're doing it right now. And I do think there's a market for it. But to see a lender jump on it anytime soon, I'd be really. And they say there's a lot of a lot of Muslims in Canada right now are renting because they can't get uh, the mortgage that the mortgage or not a mortgage, but get get the loan that they want to, to pay back the, uh, their house. So mm-hmm. they've been renting for a long time. So um, it's sad to see that. There's it is. A huge, there's a huge percentage of, 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 of the population in Canada is like this. I didn't really, this is new. I did, I, like when I found this, I yeah. found, Hey Rick, when I found this, uh, actually my wife found this. So she, oh, she cool. sent it to me. She goes, I think this is something you guys got to talk about. Well, I think so, it's a great, it's a great business model too, because really you're, you're, you're still paying off a mortgage yeah. per se, but you're front end loading. Anything. That's, That's right. And they don't want to hear the word interest. Right. That's right. what right. interest cannot be in their vocabulary. So it can uh, be, it just be a cost or a fee yeah. or, or, or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. One of the con- companies mentioned in the article, the Canadian Halal Financial Corporation, right now they have 35 families who have mortgage for, for lack of a better term, but there's 12,000 others on the wait list, which Brian, as you mentioned, you know, speaks to the opportunity out there from a, you know, from, from the big banks here in Canada. It's, it's all about risk though, right? Yeah, correct. I think it's about risk and it's also about efficiencies. I think banks more so than ever are looking at efficiencies. And, and that's one of the reasons that Canadian banks, you know, even on a different scale, they, uh, they're going to make it a little bit more difficult and have over the past five, 10 years on rental properties. You know, if you get someone underwriting or someone approving a mortgage, if I'm approving a mortgage for Rob to buy his house, I only have to look at Rob's information. If Rob has 30 rental properties, I got to look at 30 lease agreements, 30 mortgage statements, 30 property taxes. So that can be, and it's, you know, from a bank's perspective, it's pretty much the same profitability. So do I want to do that? Some make a business decision. Yes, some no. Um, I think in this case, um, I do think it's a tremendous opportunity and I think it makes sense. It's just imagine, it's just a matter of whether or not the bank can make it efficient enough for them to, uh, you know, let's not get ourselves. They want to be profitable on it. Right. So, uh, is that enough of a market size for a bank to, to jump at? I don't know. It's an interesting story. Nonetheless, we got to go. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.